0: It's time for
1: Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and
0: Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory.
2: The Wall Street Journal published an article recently grading the U.S. in retirement, and the score was not great. We're going to help unpack the country's report card, but what about yours? How are you going to grade your retirement? We'll help you evaluate your own retirement readiness on this episode of The Wise Money Show.
0: That's right. Diving into some geeky stuff, but really all towards how can you have a path towards a Confident and successful retirement. That's what we're helping with right now. If uh, if you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. You can call or text us, 574 222 2000. That's 574 222 2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Okay, so <laughs> I think I might know the answer to this. What kind of student, Kevin, what kind of student were you? Were you, were you I, I've got to get an A? Or were you, no, C passes. I'm good. Well, I was that student that said,
1: you've got to get an A and somehow never did. <laughs> no, I, you know what, I, I, Mike, I always felt like my schooling was getting in the way of my education. And when I, when I got out of the army and I went to Central Michigan University, my first semester, I was on the dean's list and the president's list. And I, I'd, I'd gotten uh, all A's except I got one A minus and uh, my, I was up in Grayling at the National Guard, my two weeks in the summer, and my—that's when they used to mail report cards to your house. Yeah, and my mom got it, and so she opened it, and she couldn't believe it. And she, uh, when I called her because we used pay phones back then, uh, she's like, "I can't <laughs> believe it! I'm so proud of you, honey." Uh-huh. And um, so that worked. And if there's if there's any like pro tips here, start your first semester with all A's. Because the the deleterious effects of the bad grades as okay. you go, but Josh, you're saying it's such a bad grade, and I'm saying there are lots of folks out there that are like, I would love to get a C plus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Josh, I'm I know you were you were studious, and or was it 4.0? I mean, now it's no. like 4.7. You got to get a 4.7, otherwise yeah. you're no.
2: No, it took me. Are you talking college? Well yeah sure high school I didn't like high school okay but when I got to college the the fact that you could study what you wanted to study mm-hmm. pick your own classes Come and on. stuff man that was motivating to me yeah. and yeah but it, it took me until my senior year to get straight A's but
0: well regardless of whatever type of student you were or how how you did in school well you whether you thought it was fair or not or, or whatever when it comes to retirement you want to get an A right you want to get an a and, and most people many people have actually unretired um there was a big wave during covid and for many circumstances the statistics show lots of people have returned to the workforce and and good riddance we need you uh, there's 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 a lot of help that's needed however for the most part you want to retire once right if you choose to go back to work that's one thing but you want to retire once you want to do it successfully you want to do it with confidence and therefore you need to be looking at all six areas of your financial life, doing comprehensive financial planning, and that can help get you that that A. We're gonna talk about you and how to do that here in just a minute, but kicking this off is Wall Street Journal published an article a couple of weeks ago that had a, a sort of gloomy headline, right? depending on your perspective, mm-hmm. and that is the retire the US retirement is graded a C plus. And if you'd say, no, actually that's not that bad, it's all relative of the 47 countries that were graded on, on their retirement systems, uh, US ranked 22nd. So guys, let's dive into that report. I guess, how did they come up with that? What are your thoughts with that before we bend it and, and apply it to you individually?
2: Well, I mean, you got to accept that it's a passing score, right? <laughs> I mean a c plus gets you by. You get to keep on keep on rolling. But no, I, I obviously the devil's in the details, and it will be interesting to hear a little bit more explanation for, well, how did they evaluate? Was this thing graded on a curve or who who are we stacked up against all all of that. But um, you know, a- anyone who's evaluating uh, the retirement readiness of America or the programs available to help people for, Uh, for retirement, it's a philosophical question, right? You know, should, uh, should the government be supporting your full retirement? Should it be more on your own individual shoulders? You know, depending on how you answer questions like that, you might grade one country an A plus and another one a C, and I might flip them completely opposite. Who knows?
0: Yeah. That's why it matters more to, to you. But this, the study is done by Mercer in conjunction with the CFA Institute, uh, and, and so they scored three criterion here. Adequacy was the highest weighting. And what do you mean? What does that mean? The, so the system design, the benefits of saving, government support, and then overall asset uh, growth of the citizens. 35% then is on the second category, which is sustainability. So pension coverage, total assets, government debt load, economic growth. And then the final 25% they're calling integrity in this context, what in the world does that mean? And that's governance and and regulation and so on. Ultimately, what this is grading is really what is the social retirement system? First and foremost, what's the government retirement system and how strong is it within a country? And then the additional retirement systems, whether that's 401k heavy or pension heavy, um, how does, what's the makeup of that amongst the citizens? So so yeah, I, I think we could all understand. Social Security is on you know nine years away from insolvency. we've got to we've got to fix it. There, the assumptions in there were were um, don't apply to these demographics. so we need to make a change. Government debt, us debt has uh, been a headline and a concern for a long time, only getting worse. And most companies have gotten rid of pensions and 401ks are now the primary source of retirement funding. And so I think compared to other countries that have more, Social support, yeah, you'd, we'd probably stack up n- not as well in that measure. Sure, in this regard,
1: yeah, and but the, the the important thing to remember is the these when you look at the what what the government does, um, or the pensions. I mean, the, the, some of these countries are much smaller. You know, the Netherlands is at the top, and Denmark and Finland and, and these countries. they are very small countries, and they're. They're willing to pay fifty percent in taxes. Yeah, increase the, taxes. Yeah, to, there's a there yeah. is a there's a, a market trade-off because again, as we've said many times on this show, the government doesn't have any money. It <laughs> only has the money that it takes from you and me, and then distributes it in the way that we, you would say we see fit. And then you know, as a constitutional republic, we elect leaders to go and represent us. And then I always stop after that and think, do my leaders <laughs> represent? Because you're Mike, you're you're talking about. Well, yeah, you know, Social Security's got to get fixed, and we've got nine years. And I mean, I, I my my whole working life, I've looked, and I I do think it's some it, it, it's kind of I know, either ironic or you know, some strange version of funny that by the time I. Get there, my full retirement age, it's going to be insolvent. Yeah, so I, I have up. an opportunity to pay into the system my whole career. and when when I get there, likely they're going to have to do some things. And the, the, to me, and this might be a little bit of a tangent, the, it would, you know, years ago, it would have been a, it' would have been much easier to make a small tweak. and the the closer we come to insolvency, the bigger the tweak it's going to have to be oh, yeah yeah so the question Run out of time. yeah so the question is that's and, and we talk about that you know our our circle of influence and circle of concern like what what can i do about that i i can't i can vote um i can i i, I have some sway over my income which would then affect those benefits i can choose where i work where I might have a pension. So, you know, instead of a, a, a defined benefit, you work here for so long and have such a salary, you're going to get such a payout. But there's those are not,
0: you mostly know, mostly those are government jobs now, right? Yes. And so, and and it comes with other trade offs. Yes. So.
2: You know, every once in a while, there's a wave of client interest or awareness of Social Security and the, the whole insolvency. You know, maybe it's an article gets published or something that kind of raises the concern again. But it's been a while since I've had people asking about this or or showing any kind of concern. And I I don't know when when we're coming up on election years and things like that, that is where you get to inject your opinion or your your Mm -hmm. focus and. It's just, it doesn't seem to be on very many people's radar right now.
0: I think as that national debt continues to grow, it will be. And as we get closer on the Wise Money Show, the YouTube channel, we talk about it a lot and and lots of uh, details and and analysis is there. So make sure you go check that out. All right. So how would you grade your own retirement and how can you improve that grade? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you were to grade your your readiness for retirement, what what score would you give it? What grade would you give it? And and what could you do right now to improve your score? We're helping with that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. And all over social media, uh, just search the Wise Money Show. All right, so we're talking about... Your well, the U.S. getting scored internationally, sort of comparing ourselves to other country, being scored a C plus in retirement. But essentially, that's a that's a knock on well, how sustainable is Social Security? And uh, and the other thing built into this report from Mercer that we haven't mentioned is they actually want a mandatory private pension as well. That's where you'd get good marks. And I think you know you, you look at you look at US companies in general and say, well, that's that's why investing in the US has been so profitable and so beneficial is many companies have shifted to defined contribution plans, 401ks, those sorts of things and, and not pensions. But anyway, so so but but it you can be concerned about that. Oh gosh, the yeah, social security system needs to be improved. Um, but what do you have influence over? What do you have control? Well, that's your own financial life, right? And so how would you grade? Your own readiness for retirement, and what are, what would those components be? What would you look at, and then how can you improve your score? So, guys, what do, what do you think? And Mike, can I just start this segment with
1: with a little optimism, because I was as I was looking in the Google, I I came across an article from January seventh of two thousand sixteen, and the headline is: This is in Forbes. It says Americans get a grade c in retirement readiness yeah so that was in 2016 and here we are seven <laughs> years later you we're at c a plus. c plus i mean that's enough to call dad and say hey dad keep <laughs> sending the money because my <laughs> grades are going up yeah. <laughs> oh my word oh man. so anyway so how would you grade yourself there are there are actually formal ways to grade yourself you can go online and look and say, all right, I want a, a score. There's a there's a retirement income security evaluation or a rise score, and you just need some data. And um, it's not it's not tremendously different than as we walk through the five factors with folks. But you, your monthly income, savings, pension, social security, any other retirement income. And estimated monthly expenses, and estimate medical expenses.
2: Say the acronym again: retirement
1: income security. security evaluation. Evaluation, okay. Score. Interesting. So it's a rise score. I don't think score stands for anything other than score. <laughs> so, um, anyways, but so you have your rise score, and and uh, so you 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 look at these, and you can get a number. So the problem with this. As a, and again, we are very biased, so we're not um, hiding that at all. The problem is, if I go and get a score, what do I do about it? Because really, it's kind of like with my health. Like if I if I'm getting a a a bad grade on my health, what do I do about it? I know what to do about it. I just I'm not doing it i'm unwilling or unable to so if you get a, a depending on what your score is as it relates to retirement readiness what do you do with that score and this is where as financial coaches if you will because we say if you're going to have a planner make sure that planner is certified and that certified financial planner knows what the six areas of cfp are, and they can actually evaluate your financial life and give you a retirement readiness score. So what's your probability of success? But then what what are the actions that you need to take? And then based on the actions that you need to take to walk down that road with you and do some handholding to say, okay, this might represent a dramatic change in what you're doing right now you may want to change. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? I have to save more. I have to reduce my, my debt, basically clean up my balance sheet. I have to work longer. I mean, there, there are these various levers that I, can, that I can move and change my score.
0: You have simple, but, but on the break, in the break, you were talking about type two diabetes. Mm-hmm. Well, choosing to eat one less cookie around the holidays is simple as well. And mm-hmm. yet, oh my goodness, is it difficult? Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so so behavior management, mm-hmm. especially when we're seeking comfort or when we're seeking um, in enjoyment, golly, that is hard to do. So simple, yes, but without a coach yeah. and without you know, you also referenced some external stimulus, and that is a coach that can help guide you and, and show you the benefit of those yeah, sacrifices uh, yeah, or those, those changes those, those, those and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, but it all begins with that coach first understanding how do you define the win you know what is your goal ultimately Mm -hmm. uh because here here's the thing we could stack two retirement readinesses up next to each other Mm -hmm. and one might call it an a plus and the other one would call it a failing grade and Mm -hmm. it it may be because they're just evaluating on a different scale ultimately you know when you look at your own retirement and and the forecast for what your lifestyle is going to be out there in retirement. Do you compare it to what your lifestyle is today? You know, what percentage of my spending or my, my activities and everything, will I be able to continue when the paycheck stops? Is, is that how you evaluate a great retirement or do you compare it to your neighbors or to your parents or some other benchmark? You know, I, how how much do I get to enjoy the retirement, the golden years compared to those around me? Is that how you evaluate retirement? Um, you know, how so I have some clients who they would judge their retirement on how much money am I going to be able to give away to the charities that I care about? Mm-hmm. Like that is their primary aim, ultimately. And, um, and others, we've all known clients where it's like, no, they're trying to maximize what they can leave behind to the next generation. Mm -hmm. That's how they would define an A plus retirement. Um, But, but the point is, you have to have a coach that's in your corner, who's helping you to prepare for the standard that you've set for yourself. And if you get off track how do they help you pivot? How do they help you, uh, you know, navigate the trade-offs, the, the things that you could do differently to get back on track, to go from a, a B to a B plus to an A minus and, and so on.
0: All right, so let me summarize here then. So in order to know your score or improve your score for retirement, consider doing a rise score. Kevin, I actually haven't looked at that before. So, so great suggestion there. Um, but then also, once you, once you get that, make sure you're working with a CFP certified financial planner, looking at all six areas of your financial life to manage what adjustments you'd need to do and to have someone walk you through, because if your rise score is great and then you change your behaviors, that's going to influence things. If it's not great and you figure out, well, I need to save more. Yeah. But if you save more and it gets you into, uh, it throws the rest of your financial life off kilter, then, mm-hmm. then that's, that's no bueno. Uh, but then Josh was saying you, Along with that, you also need to know what are your goals? What are your objectives? Mm -hmm. Because your retirement, I think traditional retirement is thought of as, well, I'll be able to leave work and continue to do what I want to do without financial worry, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But that might not sum it up for you. That might be part, that -hmm. might be part of it. Mm -hmm. But if it's also maximize how much you can give to the church or what you, the causes you care about, maximize what you can give to your kids, maximize experience for your kids. So, maximize, you know, experience, maximize impact, something like that. Knowing your goals also is critical. Yeah. I mean, it might be
1: just minimizing taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, I've piled yeah. up all this money that's never had any taxes paid on it. How do I get out of here without, you know, absolutely
0: giving the lion's share of this money? To the federal government. So that was one of the things that I thought of as well. If I were to sort of benchmark, sort and I guess you know, because I'm such a geek, I was looking at the report and it's like they've got these three categories in which they would grade this. I would definitely have one of the categories for you is your tax management. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is definitely how much how much of your hard earned resources are seeping out or slipping through your fingers going to Uncle Sam when they really should be staying in your pocket. That's one, the decisions you make with our social systems, whether it gets a C plus or a C minus or a B minus, I don't care. How are you optimizing Social Security? Mm-hmm. What's your plan with health insurance and Medicare and, and all that? And then and then finally it, it's that five factor retirement plan. And we'll we'll have to pick that back up, but but that competent score and first the reality score. Are your inputs into that reflecting reality? Is it mm-hmm. accurate? And, and, and then beyond that, is it, it, are you getting a good probability of success in confidence ratio and so on? Because if you don't understand the inputs, you could have wildly inaccurate oh, yeah. results. Right. Well, I'll, I'll share an example here when when we get back. So, to me, those would be the the few different pillars. I want to get into those five factors of retirement plan of your retirement, my retirement, everyone's retirement. Those five factors that really should lead to how confident are you and what's your retirement grade. So, we've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. What are the five factors to your retirement? And when you make clear and and clear decisions and have clarity on those, what's the confidence rate? So what's your retirement score? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen. Just search The Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. Subscribe to it there, follow us there, and rate the program there. We appreciate that. I think it's a star rating as opposed to great grades like we're talking about today. But uh, that is helpful feedback for us and helps others who are looking for content on wise financial habits, uh, helps those folks find us. So, All right, we're, we're into how would you score your own retirement? U.S., the U.S. retirement system as a whole Scored a C plus, ranked twenty second out of forty seven countries, um, and even though that's in within all of our area of concern, we don't have much influence over it. What you have influence over is your own behavior, your own savings, your own spending levels, your own you know decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And so, Josh, we've talked about this five factor framework for a long time. And you often refer to these as five decisions that you make. Although at times they don't feel like it. It just mm-hmm. feels like, well, this is my circumstance. Yeah. This is my situation. Yeah, at the grassroots, it's, these are decisions. So once don't, don't you hit these five factors? Because to me, if I, if I were to look at what, what should you bake into your own retirement scoring system, as I mentioned, it would be, it would be well, your tax efficiency and tax management um, and then your decisions with the socialized retirement systems we have, optimizing Social Security, Medicare, that sort of stuff. But then also the rest of your five factors, your five-factor retirement plan, and really what is your confidence score? Mm-hmm. So, so let's get into that.
2: Yeah, those five factors or those five decisions are what make this personal for you. You could... Take a, a government, you, you could live in any of the 47 countries that were part of this study. Some of them are set up for amazing success, apparently, by, by the study standards and others lag behind. But it, it almost doesn't matter if you set yourself up for success because of great decisions on this. In the, the areas that you get to have influence or you get to uh, pull the levers to, to raise or lower your own score, your own readiness, are things like at what age are you going to retire? It's one of the the first decisions that you have to make. And it is one where you might feel like, well, I'm kind of backed into a corner. Uh, I'm 62. I just lost my job because of my industry or my employer closed. And I, I didn't have a choice. But but the reality is you, you do have a choice on whether or not you pivot and go you know, find the next job to finish out your working career or do you just march into retirement. But you have to define... Uh, and, and I encourage a lot of clients to have the goal, have the age that would be the target. You know, what's the A plus age for you? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I want to be done by 65 and it would be really cool if I could be done by 63 Um but not at the expense of some of the other factors or or, or whatnot. But my fallback age might be 67. Like I I really want to be done by 67. I better be
0: able to retire by 67, that that sort of thing.
2: And and recognize that there's a range of right answers there. And um, at some level, you know, there are many clients that make a game time decision. They get out there to 65 and they take a look around, they check their readiness and everything, and they either go or don't go. They delay a little bit longer. But... Um, the, the second would be then, and, and these aren't necessarily in any real particular order, but the income levels that you're going to have in retirement are also going to have an influence on your readiness score, right? You know, uh, we, you talked about Social Security and your decisions about that. That is a choice that you get to make. Am I going to start drawing Social Security immediately when I walk away from from my employer, from my paycheck, or am I going to delay it a, a while longer? the right answer for you may be different than your neighbor or your family members, your parents that went before you. Um, It it really is your individual situation that can drive the right answer. And that's why we always talk about optimizing for you personally.
0: And then do you have any other income sources in retirement? Do you happen to have a pension, maybe from an old employer? Do you... Uh, Do you plan on working part-time? Most people, when they plan to work part-time, they think of that as bonus and and we like that thought, but is it just, you want it built into your plan? Do you have um, rental income or other income sources? So that's the second income. Third. Third one would
2: be your spending. And again, this is one where some people don't recognize just how much influence they have. Often our spending is just sort of locked in to our certain lifestyle. Do you have a mortgage in retirement? What kind of cars do you drive? That that kind of thing, but uh, here, here's the thing: you could create a retirement outlook that if you can spend sixty grand a year, you're golden. Like the numbers work, you have a high probability of success, you're not going to run out of money. But is sixty thousand the lifestyle that you're shooting for? You know, is sixty thousand for you a C minus because you're used to living off of a hundred thousand? Yeah. You know. So defining what are the needs that you have in retirement, what kind of a lifestyle are you going to be shooting for, and again, stress testing your readiness to confirm, well, am I going to be able to pull off the lifestyle that I, I really want? The other decision that you get to make, as long as you're not already retired, is how much money am I piling into my long-term investment accounts where I can get growth in a nest egg that will help support me when the paycheck goes away? How much you save determines, again, your, your readiness level. And then what do you do with those savings? Are they sitting in CDs in the bank, or are you investing in mutual funds that are giving you a, gro- a good growth rate? Depending on your answers there, you're going to be piling up a larger nest egg and, and life savings that can support you more. Um, there, there's probably a number for you. What's the A-plus number, the amount of money that you need to have accumulated
0: for your your retirement? One of the uh, so so those are the five factors to your retirement, to, to everyone's retirement. But the interesting thing about those different factors is they're interrelated. Mm-hmm. They're interdependent on each other. So you couldn't, and I'm going to use extremes here. You couldn't say, well, I want to retire at 40, and I want to have you know no income, but I want to be able to spend a ton, and I really don't want to save up. And you know what I do have saved up? I don't want to take any risk. Right. I mean, that's absurd. Logically, mm-hmm. you would say there's no way that can happen. And yet, as you kind of work from along that spectrum from absurd closer to reality, they're interrelated. If you choose, if you say, well, I need to retire at 62. Well, that could mean you've got to save up more. You might need to spend less or pay off debt or, or whatever you you. You know who knows? You might need to work a little bit in retirement to get some other income to supplement Social Security. It's got trade-offs to each other. But ultimately, working with your CFP, defining reality. If you put the wrong inputs there, or 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 put inputs for those five factors that you think, oh, this would be good, but it's not reality. The score is not going to be helpful at all. But putting those five factors, working with the CFP, putting those into a sophisticated financial planning software or working with the CFP to go through their process um, should lead you to a, you know, a trial of various market environments and so on. We use a thousand different, d- different trials. And what percentage of those did you make it to or through your life expectancy without running out of money? Ideally, and, and I guess we would say an, a passing score or really an A score is you'd want 85% or more of those trials to come back where you, you didn't run out of money. Mm-hmm. So you're shooting for an 85% or more confidence rate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, and and recognize it's not 100%, right? This is, we're, we're trying to set uh, all of our clients up with a probability or a likelihood that they're gonna be able to live out their days and enjoy the retirement they've envisioned for themselves without running out of money. But there are no guarantees. It, it reminds me, what was the book? Uh, Thinking in Bets. Annie's somebody. Annie Duke. Duke. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she talks about just recognizing that the probabilities can be in your favor, and it's a wise move to go ahead and retire the way that you've planned, because, you know, throughout history, the likelihood of this playing out well for you is is great. But it's, it's never 100%. You don't know what your health is going to be. You don't know how your family dynamics are going to play out. You don't know what's going to happen economically or socially or politically um, in, in the future. All you can do is set yourself up for the best possible outcomes or the most flexibility so that you can pivot as life throws different things at you. To me, that's an A-plus retirement, mm-hmm. where you have options, where you have... Um, you know, security and in choices that are extending past the paycheck out in the future.
0: So there you go. How do you score in retirement, especially right now as we as we turn the page on another year? I don't know if you're planning to retire in 2024 or if it's coming up or if it's still a few years or decades out. How would you score right now? Are you on track? Are you getting an A? Are you doing what it takes to get an A? Most people don't know. And if you, if you, again going back to Annie Duke, if you were to say, "Okay, I've got a bet on this," would you know for sure? Would you have that confidence? Work with this, with your CFP, do that comprehensive financial planning, build out that five factors, so you know. All right, more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG Studios. Kevin Corhorn, and Josh Gregory. Every episode as well as a lot of other content is on the YouTube channel, the Wise Money YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it, follow us there. Not only is every talk show there, um, but as well as a lot of other content that airs all throughout the work week. We talked a little bit about Social Security earlier in the program and that, that... potential changes and the solvency and all of that, my goodness, probably a half dozen videos on that alone, as well as the most recent suggestions on how they will uh, plan to fix social security and what how that could impact you. So make sure you go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, and uh, leave comments there as well. We appreciate it. Getting into questions from fans of the show, many of them left on the YouTube channel. First one we're going to hit from Wayne. Uh, I think a lot of people are in a similar situation. Here's Here's what he asked. I have 149000 in CDs, ranging from earning 3 to 5%. I also owe $98,000 left on my house. Should I pay off the house? My CDs have done better over the past couple of years than even my 401k. I'm retired. My only debt is my house and just normal kind of utility bills. So, is it, guys, is this just a normal math problem? Or what do you think? Well,
1: there's a couple of things that... that- you would consider here um with his cds just take uh you know his uh his the the amount that he has in cds and what he earns he's going to pay taxes on that mm-hmm. so but we're we're at a point where and this seldom happens in history where if you've got the money sitting in the bank it can earn enough to cover the cost of the borrowing now that's, that's
2: especially if he borrowed you know two years ago or three years ago sure. and he's maybe locked in well he, below three if he's got a
1: three percenter now it covers the cost of the interest it doesn't if you're paying principal and interest it might not cover that mm-hmm. but it might not be a stretch to get that done right mm-hmm. to use the the earnings off of that money and then therefore you're gonna pay
2: but the beautiful thing about that mortgage payment during these high inflation years that we've been experiencing. It's probably the only expense in Wayne's entire life that haven't been escalating over the past two or three years, mm-hmm. right? The, the mortgage payment is flat. Everything else is getting more expensive. And so the, the mortgage itself, that monthly payment, feels like a smaller and smaller portion of the monthly budget, right?
0: I, I don't want to be obtuse. Uh, however, but there is, uh, but I don't want to be obtuse, but. followed by <laughs> obtuseness. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. It's so, your spiritual gift. So because, because, it, because it, yes, you've got to look at the math and on the surface and I'm not arguing against it, but you would say, yes, if you're, if your mortgage is at 3% and you're earning four, uh, 4% on average, then nah, you probably shouldn't pay it off. But what if, what if the mortgage payment, is causing Wayne, who's in retirement, so likely on Social Security, to supplement that Social Security with money coming out of an IRA? Because I've got these CDs. And yeah, they're paying interest, but I'm probably not drawing any of that interest or drawing any money out of the principal CDs. She can't really it's do it tied that.
2: up for the year or two,
0: right? So what if I'm drawing more out of my IRA than I otherwise would have to make my mortgage payment, and that draw withdrawal out of my IRA is causing my Social Security... To be taxed when it otherwise wouldn't be well now you're you're adding more to the equation than just looking at interest earned versus interest paid and is that possible i I think it's possible here given it it sounds like he's got modest lifestyle modest income um modest overall financial situation and is it probable yeah maybe not but i'd at least look i mean that's that's the Guys, I, that's, the, that's the comprehensive financial planning approach is, is how are the seemingly disconnected parts of your financial life actually connected? You might look at this and say, oh, this is purely just a rate of return decision. Now, present financial position. It, it's, it's also tax planning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my
2: mind went to retirement planning. Before you would go take liquid assets that you might need to live off of, you know, as these CDs mature, you might need to be shifting them over into a money market that you can draw off on uh, off of each each and every month to help supplement your social security, your other um, lifestyle and everything. But the question in my mind is, well, Wayne, do you know how long your retirement nest egg is going to last you? Mm-hmm. You know, if if the forecast shows that you're going to run out of money in seven years, and we we hope that based on life expectancy and things, maybe you've got 12 years uh, or more to, to enjoy in retirement. Well, then you're going to need any money that you now pile into the house essentially. You you shift it from CD money into equity in your house. You now own the house outright by paying the debt off. What happens in seven years when the money runs out? Are you going to sell the house? Are you going to borrow the money back out? So uh, to me, if if you can pay off the mortgage and you can put the money into the house and never need it again, that's great. Oh, yeah. But if you're going to be spending down these dollars, most likely... Um, and, and maybe you have a mortgage that you'll never pay off in retirement, and that might just feel awful to some people. Um, but it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. right? It, it just means that whatever equity is left in the house when you pass away, that's what goes to your heirs or your, your beneficiaries, the charities, whatever you're trying to support. So to, to me, this even though you're in retirement, you might, you might think to yourself, oh, my retirement planning's done. What do I need to talk to a certified financial planner for? No, you're still making decisions. That's why you have a a coach in your life to evaluate the decisions before you
1: pull the trigger on this one. And my mind went to protection planning because there are various thresholds when you look because we, Wayne, we don't know how old you are. You could be before Medicare. Mm -hmm. You could be after Medicare. Mm -hmm. And so there are various thresholds both before and after that will affect what kind of social benefits you would qualify for based on your income well if you took you know five if you paid off the mortgage you have five thousand dollars less income would that be a difference maker i don't know um let's say probably not but it could be yeah And, and this is why you would want to know the answer to that to have because if you can not make decisions in a vacuum and not make decisions saying oh well my you know my cds have been done better than my investments over the last two years yeah that's everyone. No surprise there. That's everyone's situation at the moment.
0: Happens in the short term. Sure. All right. Let's pivot to another question here. Not going to get into the more technical one, guys, that we talked about, but uh, jumping down here to a question from Joe. So uh, I just watched one of your, your YouTube videos about how you can take an inherited Roth IRA from someone that's not your spouse and use it to fund your own Roth IRA so that you can you maintain that tax-free nature. Question is, could you use the same strategy for a non-spouse traditional IRA? So, so here's the idea, and uh, probably worthwhile for a full talk show. But I've done a few shows or uh, videos on this on the Wise Money uh, YouTube channel. So essentially, if you, most people today, when they're passing away at old age, they've got IRAs or 401Ks. They don't have Roths. Most most of them don't. However. The Roth IRA has been around long enough now. Roth 401k has been around uh, around long enough now. I think it's going to be more common. People are going to be inheriting Roth IRA dollars. And under the rules, you've got to withdraw all of those dollars that you inherit from a Roth IRA within 10 years. And it's like, oh, bummer. I wish these dollars could continue to grow tax-free for me. Well, you can do that. Just shift the dollars out of that inherited Roth and contribute it into your own Roth IRA if you're not already doing that. And, uh, and I actually laid out, I think, three or four unique strategies or different ways of thinking about it like that so that you can perpetuate this tax-free nature. Now, would it work if you inherited a traditional IRA? Absolutely. Assuming that because when you draw dollars out of that inherited Roth, it does not land on your tax return. Right. So it doesn't influence your ability to fund a Roth IRA or fund a, an IRA. However, drawing dollars out of your uh, of a inherited IRA would. It would add to your income.
2: All this presumes, though, that Joe is still working. Yeah. Right? You have to have earned income in order to be eligible to make any of these types of retirement contributions. Um, so, so don't lose sight of that. You don't want to go... Uh, quickly pull money out of a Roth IRA and then realize that you're stranded and you can't get it back into a new Roth IRA. Um, so measure twice, cut once, as the carpenters say.
0: But there again, you know, receiving uh, so many times. We we believe everyone needs a comprehensive financial planning approach when they're making their financial decisions. Oftentimes, though, hopefully you're just building the right habits and then an event happens. There's a catalyst, there's a, there's a spark, and then it's, oh, I need to look at how all how this affects all six areas. And that's usually when you start that relationship with that CFP. And inheritance is one such one such event. Absolutely. To make sure that you're looking at the tax strategies, your retirement plan, and how this impacts all six areas of your financial life so you can make wise decisions. All right, great great questions. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group but there's a, a good question from Wayne here. Pretty sure that's Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Anytime I see the word Wayne, yeah. I'm like, oh, Gretz. <laughs> and for you hockey fans out there, I love Alex Ovechkin. I'm really, really, really not rooting for him. The number of records that Wayne Gretzky, even though I really disliked Wayne during his career, but you just have to appreciate what he has done. and. I want them to have that score, that all-time scoring record, goal record. Sorry, Ovi, <laughs> but bad luck to you. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through
1: KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.